0: Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Now therefore, now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and of great kindness and he relents from doing harm who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly, gather the people. Sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders. Gather the children and the nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out of his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priest who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nation should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? And the Lord will be zealous for his land Hmm. then the Lord will be zealous for his land I just want you to notice that and will pity his people And the Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil. And you will be satisfied by them. And I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. This is a, this is a time yet to come. But I will remove from you, far from you the northern army. Who will? Who will? He will. And I will drive him away into the barren and desolate land. With his face toward the eastern sea and with his back toward the western sea, his stench will come up and his foul odor will rise because he has done monstrous things. Fear not, O oh land, be glad. And rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid, you beast of the field, for the open pastures are springing up, and the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully. And he will cause the rain to come down on you, down for you. He will cause, he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain. And the latter rain in the first month. And the threshing floors will be filled And the threshing floors will be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust. My great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied." And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. And my people shall never be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming and great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Just a few more verses in chapter 3, if you would. For behold, in those days and at that time, I will bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem. Jerusalem. I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they scattered among the nations. They have also divided up my Land. They have cast lots for my people Have given a boy as payment for a harlot And sold a girl for wine That they may have drink Indeed What you do to What you do With me, O Tyre and Sidon, on all the coast of Philistia, will you retaliate against me? But if you retaliate against me swiftly and speedily, I will return your retaliation upon your own head. Because you have taken my silver and my gold and you have carried into your temples my prized possessions also the people of Judah and the people of Jerusalem and sold to the Greeks that you may remove them far from their borders. I can't quit reading. Behold, I will raise them out of the place for which you have sold them. I will return your retaliation upon your head I will sell your sons and your daughters into the land of the people of Judah and they will sell them to the Sabines, Sabians. To people far off, for the Lord has spoken. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up, the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near, let them come. Isaiah prophesied in chapter 2 of a time that's still yet to come when they would beat their spears, their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. But this is not yet. It says, let all the men of war draw near, let them come, let, you, let them beat their plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into Spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble and come all you nations and gather all around. Cause your mighty ones to go down there, O Lord. Let the nations be awakened and to come to the valley of Jehoshaphat for I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle for the harvest is right. Come, go down. For the winepress is full. And the vats overflow. And their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. And the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon will grow dark and the stars will diminish their brightness. The Lord also will roar from Zion. And utter his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and earth will shake. But the Lord will will be the shelter for his people and the strength for the children of Israel. So you, will, so you shall know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then Jerusalem shall be holy and no aliens will ever pass through her again. <laughs> Zachariah Chapter Ten Ask the Lord for rain in the time. Of the latter rain and the Lord will make flashing clouds and will give them showers of rain grass in the field for everyone ask for the rain ask for the rain ask for the rain rain in the days of the latter rain Heavenly Father thank you for your word. Thank you for the presence of your spirit, I feel close tonight. Help us in the next few moments. For we need you. Lord, thank you for the the honor and the privilege of the day that we live in and the hour that we have before us. Use us if you would because we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ask. (coughs) Ask for the rain the days of the latter rain. He prophesied of a time that he would give the latter rain at the same time as the former rain. That is the planting rain when the seed goes in the ground and the harvest rain that delivers the crop at the same time. He said there was coming a time when the plowman would overcome the reaper. What's that mean? When as quick as you can put it in the ground, the harvest will come in and you pull it out of the ground. Then you plant it and you reap it and you plant it and you reap it and you plant it and you reap it. He ask for the rain in the days of the latter rain. I can tell you the day of Pentecost was indeed the former rain. When you turn to Acts chapter 2, it says that it shall come. Peter stood up and it says, and this is that which is spoken of by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in those days that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh the former rain." Church, I'm not embarrassed or ashamed or timid to tell you that the, that the latter rain has been falling since the, since the turn of the last century. That God used some of the most unlikely people on the face of the earth to change everything. One eyed black preacher, son of a slave, out of nowhere, no financing. No standing, no status, no political clout. Just an ear towards heaven. And a willing heart. That he began to pour out his spirit again. On all flesh. The days of the latter rain have been here and it's still here. Some days... Just like you, it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't look like it. But the fact of the matter is, is there's more gospel being preached today than any other time in history. And in the dark days that we have now that God said was coming, it's no surprise, but there's more people being saved across this world today, today, literally today in the time that we live in than any other time in human history. People are being saved by the, thousands, hundreds of thousands, indeed millions across this world where there's fresh rain falling. You say, if we don't see that here, we should be praying, fasting, calling us all in an assembly, rend your hearts, not your garments. See, one of the problems is, is, is where the rain is falling on people who's never heard the good news it's like it's like a spring shower on dry and thirsty land it's like the midsummer the rain in the middle of the summer in the heat when we're so de- when it's so dry that that everything is is wind driven and chapped cuz they're hearing it for the first time see the problem in america is not that we don't have the gospel the problem is we've rejected the gospel We've hardened our hearts toward the gospel. One of of our problems literally is that God's blessings have become a curse. Happened all the time with Israel. We're no different. That's why the prophet Zechariah says, ask for the rain. Ask for the rain in the days of the latter rain. What does he say? He says, if you will, Mag Church, I come, I come for a moment to say an encouraging word. Ask for the rain in the days of the latter rain. He says, if you will, I will send flashing clouds to pour out that rain. God's not, He's not done with us. He's not done with this church. The day He's done with this church is the day we're out. He's not done with us. It's not a hope it's not a hopeless and a, a generation The spirit of God is still dealing he's still moving It's not hopeless it's not dry ask for the rain When they began to sing that second verse of it's beginning to rain, the Spirit of God just began to roll over my soul. When it talked about the dreamers and the visionaries, that's Joel 2, Acts 2. Your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. You gotta have both, church. That's not just, it's, he's not just talking about a prophetic thing where, where people have prophetic dreams or prophetic visions. He's talking about the energy that comes with the young folks that, that is visionary. He's talking about the, the, the people that have lived long enough to see their dreams. And that bring wisdom to the vision. The bring <laughs> He says, I will pour out my spirit of all and your young men shall see, so see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And Adam, he says, I will pour out my spirit on my men servants, on my maid servants, on, all, on everybody. That's either scripture or it's not. That's either a promise or it's not. It's either true or it's not. It can't be both true and false. It's either true or it's not. And I got news, good news, it's true. I took all that time to read, to read the prophecies of a prophet from thousands of years ago that saw today exactly as it would happen. It walked you through the history of the Jewish nation from then until now and even into the future of exactly how it would be. And that's just one of them. Exactly how it was me. And why would I take time to do that so I can tell you without hesitation that when he tells you that he's going to do it, that he will do it. And that he hasn't changed his mind and he isn't backing up and that it's not over. Sanctify fast. It's time for some weeping between the porch and the altar to break through through a glassy-eyed glazed-over generation that looks at you like you're nuts. I, 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 I'm, I'm getting plainer, but that's the word. more plain and more plain every time I talk about it. We are going to reach them through the power of the Spirit. I don't have the power to do it. You don't have the power to do it. But he said, ask for the rain and the days of the latter rain, and we're there. Church, hear me. It's going to have to be. It's by the foolishness of preaching that men are saved. And he talked about it, and, 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 and Paul talked to Timothy about the day we lived in. It'll be dangerous times. It tells what the generation will look like, and it mirrors today. It does. But he gave us, he didn't just give us the, pro, the problem, he spelled it out so we would recognize it. You talk about prophecy. But he gave us the answer and it's preach the word. You got to preach the word, but hear me, hear me, hear me. We have a generation that has been religion soaked, but there's been no power. There's been church attendance in a lot of cases, but their home life has been hell. There's been do's and don'ts while mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and uncles and aunts are really living any old way they want to. And they've seen it. There's been all the grand talk of what God can do and will do, but there's been no demonstration. Paul said to the Corinthian church, he said, when I came to you, I did not come to you with excellency of speech, Enticing words of men's wisdom. Listen, I love a good preacher as much as anybody. I believe in good preachers. The, the, the method is preaching. Hear me. The method is preaching. The method is preaching. How, how will they believe in him they've not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? The method is preaching. But it's not going to be great orators. People that can turn a phrase. People that can give it maybe doctrinally true but powerless. It has to be, Mag church, it has to be, it has to be. How do I know it has to be? Because the master builder of the church, the one who gave the, the, the order and the revelation of the new covenant, it was Paul himself who said... I'm not a great preacher. And he wasn't. He said, Apollos is the preacher. He said, when I come to you, my knees were knocking. And I didn't speak well. I come to you in fear and much trembling. He said, "But when I come to you, it can't be with the tossing words of men's wisdom. He says, but it has to be with a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. Church, we have to have. Our rhetoric will not matter, does not matter to this generation. And you know what? I don't blame them. Because talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. We have principles until it affects us. Is it okay that I'm just saying it that way? Is it okay? Is it okay? We're principled. We're against abortion until our own daughter's knocked up. Can I just say it that plain? Is that okay? Because that's what we understand. We're we're pro-life until our own daughter's knocked up by somebody, especially if they don't look like us. Somebody say, my God, amen, or oh me, because you know it's true. That's been a, that's what this generation has saw. I'm going to tell you what that's called. I'm not calling, I'm talking, I'm talking to the church. All of us. All of us. I'm talking to all of us. I understand that not every circumstance is to every person in this building. I understand that. But it's way too many. Pro-life until it's our daughter. And then, well, the Lord will understand. We don't want them drinking. But they saw your dinner wine. And your beer when you're out of the county, out of the state. You know what happens and wherever stays. They saw you shout and run and pray in tongues and cuss in English on the parking lot. See you talk about the love of God, but heard the hateful rhetoric at the dinner table. Lest anybody, including my own, want to say, "I am as guilty on some of those things as anybody else." How's that? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not without error. This is real. This is how it is. You want to know why? They're glassy-eyed, bored, into every kind of demonic trash right here in this church that you can think of. I'll tell you why. Because they don't believe us. Because we've demonstrated a powerless gospel and, a, and, and, and demonstrated a hypocritical lifestyle. Principles, God's principles with no living it out. We, have, we talk about that it's important, but we demonstrate, oh my goodness, help me. We talk about how important it is, but we demonstrate how unimportant it is. But I got news for you that we used to have old cliches that would I could pull a few out right now. I've already gave you one talk is cheap talk is cheap I'll give you another one Lord is, you can say the Lord and the things of God are number one in your life but actions speak louder than words actions speak louder than words and just so you know Over the last 15 years, these are the things that God first began to deal with in this preacher's life. And it's still dealing with, I I want you to know that we talked about, I still believe in sanctification. Fundamental doctrine number nine. And sanctification is a progressive through your life thing. That you know what, I'm not the same person I am today that I was five years ago or ten years ago. That as the Word of God becomes alive in my heart and, the, and faith begins to rise through it and when He proves great is thy faithfulness when He proves Himself faithful I move forward with Him. And if, we're, and if I have the same things and I'll talk about me because that helps you. If I have the same things in my life today that I had in my life five years ago then there's something wrong in my life and, it's, and the problem is not God the problem's not God the problem is cheap grace the problem is powerless Christianity the problem is is we like the principles of God but we don't want to live by the word of God and there is a difference it's time we start I said it a few weeks ago it's time we stop speaking in platitudes about God in principles about God and started the pulpit started speaking for God that's what they're called to do to speak for God thus saith the Lord can you really do that in this age I'm going to tell you if a man or a woman or anybody that will will take this word that's been rightly divided and proclaim it as written you will speak for God because this is his word this doesn't contain hear me I'm going to ask you you have to answer it for yourself I don't need a Presbyterian nod or a a Pentecostal shout I don't need either one I need you to answer it for yourself do you really believe that it's his word not Jeff that it contains some of his words that's not the same thing people that author books that write scripture and it it has something that contains some of God's words Is it his word? No, you got to answer it for yourself. Because if, if it is his word, then you live by it. Then it becomes the answer to every question. The solution to every problem. Not just the ones we understand. All of them. I preached to you just this morning that I was a fundamentalist. A Christian, fundamentalist, Zionist, all those things. I preached to you. You know why? Because that's the word. 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 If you believe that, you'll stand with it. It will demonstrate in your home, in your car, On the job, at church, at the ball field. Do you know you ought to be a Christian at the ball field? I've seen some of the craziest things I've ever seen at a ball field. I've seen uh, normal, uh, uh, what seemingly normal people lose their mind at a little league baseball game. They go nuts. I don't mean a little. I mean, they're nuts. Wacko. Wackadoo. Had to call the police. To a little league game. Among a bunch of supposed Christians. I get to preaching better than people get to amen in I say those things. That's you're always on. That's the th- You know why I'm always on some of these things. Do you know why? Because I'll answer you. Because some of you, that's why you're, you're always on those things. You don't like baseball. You don't, that's a bunch of malarkey. That's not true. Has nothing to do with it. You want to tell you why I say those things? Because it's what Mag Church is involved in. I am Mag Church's pastor. I was called to pastor of Mag Church and the people of Mag Church to lead Mag Church. And what in the world good would it do to be preaching about what they do in Mexico City at a soccer match when ain't none of y'all in Mexico City at a soccer match? You know where you're at? You're at the Viter Literally ball field. You're at the football field at Little Cypress. You're at the Homecoming Parade in Viter. So, you know, that's why we talk about because that's where we're at. And I've been to them, been to them just this year. I had to call the cops to a little league game. See, women, mamas, they can put on a better cage match show than what you would pay for at Houston at, at, at the stadium. Only thing they're missing is the strobe lights and the bikinis. Cause they're ripping each other's hair out and beating each other down, throwing cussing fits, and then they're saying hallelujah on Sunday and wondering why their baby out there on the ball field don't believe in the things of God and the power of God. I tell you why. I tell you why. I tell you why. Talk about their love for their kids when they don't even know where they're at 75% of the time. Right. Believing that my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus when they hadn't paid a tithe in years. Boy, that's a hand grenade. <laughs> Now, I will say this. Mag Church and the people of Mag Church are some of the most faithful givers I've ever seen anywhere. But not entirely. Any more than anywhere else. Is this okay? Am I doing all right? I don't know if it's all right or not, but it's true. Talk- God, <laughs> well, y'all love Sister Tennyson, so I'll just quote her. Y'all ain't gonna kill an 83-year-old woman. 82. <laughs> She says, do you know why people don't tithe? She said, they don't believe God. You know why they don't believe God? You know why they don't trust, they don't trust him? You know why they don't trust him? Because you tend to only trust people you know. Because you know what? I wasn't planning on that one, but there it is. If you believe this book. I just asked you. Said you got you got you've got to make up your mind for yourself. I mean I if you just told me you believe this book. You're watching my live stream, because we're pretty faithful. You're watching my live stream. You, you, you've been in your living room. Maybe it's three years from now. And you're in the driving. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I i Well, that, that time and stuff, that's Old Testament. God didn't expect that anymore. I ain't got time to preach against that garbage tonight. I don't have time to preach against that garbage tonight. But what I can tell you is, I've never heard anybody preach that garbage that wouldn't just a selfish, clammed up, because you're That's right. Tell, Brother Johnson used to tell me that the last thing to get saved was your pocketbook. <laughs> because if you believe this book, if you believe this book, then you know to give right. and it shall be given. That's right. That's right. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together and running over. Shaman given to your bosom. You say, in case you think that's not anything to do with tithing, that's a lot of things. But let me help you. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Then he goes on to say that when you give when you give. When you give, it says, then your barns will be filled with plenty. And your presses will burst forth with new wine. All in the same breath of, all in the same breath as trusting the Lord with all your heart. See, when you begin to read through this thing and read what he says about the giver, you know what he said? Let me tell you something amazing. Then I'll move on. He says that to him who gives seed to the sower. He said, "If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly." Said so that's not about money. No, it's included. It absolutely. It's about sowing the gospel. It's included. If you. Sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. And then he says, to him who gives seed. What is seed? It's what you sow. You see, when you trust him, when you believe him, when, he, when he's Lord of all, when he's Lord, he'll give you the seed. I don't think you're hearing me. So I'll say it in a way you can understand. Because I've been on every side of this little equation right here. I've been on every side of it. A giver's better. Because, oh, it's more blessed to give than it is to be. Man, I'm on something. So I'm just going to stay on it for a minute. I'm just amazed. It doesn't happen too much around here. But, but I'm, I'm amazed by people who hate God. They demonstrate it every day. They hate him. They don't have one thing to do with him. They're caught up in every kind of mess there is to be caught up in. They've squandered all their, everything they have. It's gone. They have nothing. Sometimes living out a car with three dogs. (laughs) That's another story. That's a whole other story. But they show up. when they've they've blown it all, spent it all, wasted it all on everything there is to waste it on, then they show up at the church and says, well, I thought the church could help me out and buy me some food and pay my bills. And my my first question is usually, because I believe there's, you have to discern things. Because God's people are givers. But there's nowhere in the word of God where it told God's people to be taken advantage of. Ever. Where are you working? Oh, I mean, I'm a, uh, I, I've been thinking about it. No, no, no. no. Where are you working? Well, I haven't. Oh, well, why not? Well, my friend of mine was at. What's your friend got to do with this? I, this one. What's your friend got to do with it? I'm asking you. Where, your friend in here, you are. Your friend in that, you, you, you are. You're here. Where's your friend? Why, why can't? Well, I do Bye. Bye. See you. Because I got a question. Where, where in the world did it come from the people that hate God, the things of God, they wouldn't walk across the street for you or anything of God ever? Where in the world they get it in their mind that they run to Him when they've wasted everything and the church is going to pay their bills? That is a social gospel. Mm. 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 Is there a time for compassion? Certainly. Certainly. So I started asking questions. Especially when they get a little smart with me. Can I just look at you? I mean, I, I say, so let me get this straight. Your smartphone works good enough to Google me because you found me, and here you are. And what in the world makes you think the people that are faithful to God and his word and to giving to this church that you, you found today but you couldn't find ever before and you don't have any intention to find it ever again. What makes you think that we owe you anything? Oh, because we're Christians? You hate us. You're only looking for a Christian when, you, when you've smoked, all, when you've doped all of your, your food money. Oh, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound very Christ like, Jeff. That doesn't sound very Christ like. But it is. I'm leaving, I'm coming back, I'm going to check on you. Keep the work going. Get these people to help you with the work and they need to work while they're helping you with the work and if they don't help while they work, working, whoever doesn't help work while they're helping you with the work, they don't eat. Right. I don't know how I got to here or how I'm stuck here. But I'm, but I'm here, and I'm going to stay here just a minute. Lest y'all think I'm going oh, it to... It's even making mag church people uncomfortable. Get over it. You know what? Giving, tithing, the thing, and, 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 and stewardship, all of it is in the Word of God. Amen. Amen. All of it. I say less about it than any preacher. You, I don't beg for money, ever. I make the same amount of money whether you give or whether you don't give. And I'm happy to do it. Has nothing. I'm not that kind of preacher. You know it. It's just as much part of the word of God. Faithfulness. It's just as much part of a demonstration that you believe God and the things of God before these people right here. Because if you don't teach them, they won't do it. And you know what? That would be fine, except for if, they, if they're not a giver, they're going to be a taker. You're either a giver or you're a taker. Oh. Oh. Woo! So I'll say it again. You're either a giver or you're a taker. And God's people are givers. God's people are Generous. God, by the way, there ain't no such thing as a skin flint tight wide Christian. Ain't no such thing. Ain't no such thing. Because God, if you're like him, you're a giver. I'll go to preach back here at the back where you don't even have to look at me. If you're God's, you're a giver. He you give your time, you time. He give you resources. You return your tithe. Did you hear what I said? You return your tithe. It was never yours to begin with. It was never yours. You return. Your, it was never yours. You return your tithe. I know how I got here. Because we're going to ask for the rain in the days of the latter rain. I know how I got here because I told you this morning there's a time we've got to get serious about reaching a generation that I refuse to lose. And all of this is the truth of God's Word. And I know it's not all, but I told you about the termites this morning. It's not just a few. I'm literally watching a generation, it made news. A girl melting down because her 9 to 5 job didn't leave her any time to do anything else. Unless you think that's an isolated incident, i got news for you. That's called entitlement. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's great. I got news for you. Y'all are going to have to work. You can hate me, not like me. You can go to church, not go to church. It doesn't matter if you do or not You're going to have to work. You're going to have to work. You may be able to live off of mom and daddy's tit for a while, but you're going to have to work at some point because mom and daddy's going to die. You're You're going to have to work. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to work. Freeloading bums running up and down the road. You're going to have to work. I have to work. You got to work. Dad had to work. Why are you not working? Mom's got to work. Why are you not working? <laughs> you know what? I got new. You think that's funny? And it is, if it wasn't so true. But I tell you something else. I gotta tell moms and dads, they're gonna to have to work, you're gonna to have to stop, they're gonna to have to work, you're gonna to have to stop, they're gonna to have to work, you're gonna to have to stop, they're gonna to have to work, you're gonna to have to stop. You know why I know because of the fall, God said, Adam, by the sweat of your brow, are you going to live? Are you going to eat? Are you going to have anything by the sweat of your brow? You know what? Let me give you, that was the King James Version. Let me give you the J.R.V. Adam. You're going to have to work yes, or you're not going to eat. <laughs> Just the word of God. I got on that because if we believed it, if, if, if the church believed that, if the church believed that you give and it, it shall be given, if the church took God at his word, in his word, on what he says about being a giver, about being a tither. Everybody would do it. And there would be no lack in the kingdom of God. None. Zero. You trust God with your soul to get you to heaven, to save you out of a pit, but you can't trust him with your checkbook. Hmm. You know why I don't tell me some things up in advance? Because I wouldn't say it. (laughs) And you know whether people like it or not, whether you shout or not, whether you get uncomfortable or not, whether you wish I'd shut up or not, doesn't change the fact that it's Scripture, that it's right, and that it's true. And obviously somebody's got to say it because nobody's saying it. And because I I, I know... Oh, can I... (laughs) Y'all just wouldn't believe some of the things I've got to say sometimes. And Paul said when he writing to the church, he said, I'm not, I don't say this to your shame. Some things he did say to their shame. Some things, so you know that Paul said some things, if Paul can, I can. Because some things he said, I say this to your shame. And other things he said, I, I don't say this to your shame. This is just how it is. Do you know when we had a youth revival a few weeks ago, we took offerings in those services. You know how much you know how much money was put in the offering in those in those you know how much? Zero. Zero dollars. I, I, I never planned on saying a word about it. I promise you to listen. I never planned on saying a word about it. Had a room full. Zero dollars. I understand they don't have a lot of money in their pocket. You know what? We were paying the bills. <laughs> Did we think that they were going to pay our bills? Oh, I'm just going to pull up a chair a minute because y'all looking at me now. might as well get right here in the middle of the spotlight, so the cameras get a good shot. I'm here now, so I might as well just keep on. I'm plowing a straight row. I'm not digging a hole, this is a straight row. Couldn't even get any pocket lint. No quarters, pennies, dimes, dollars. Yeah, I heard that. That, that yeah, dropped. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you something. You ain't gonna tell me in three nights and fifty kids that not one of them had fifty cents in their pocket, and that says something. It says something. Mom and dad are givers. But they haven't taught their kids to be. It's not too late. Why would I care? So, so preacher gets paid and all that? Please. Can we just get, take a minute just to say, please Stop. I'll tell you why. Because they're never going to know how a man robs God. Right. How does a man rob God? In your tithe and in your offering. Oh, that's Old Testament. People think it was a different God. God. Old covenant. Do you know when the tithe began? Before there was ever a covenant. Do you know where it first happened? Abraham. Paid tithe. To Melchizedek. Hebrews chapter 7 will tell you. That we have a high priest. Not after the order of Levi. Not after the order of Aaron. But we have a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. You know, the one with no genealogy, no beginning, and no end, no father, no mother. And he says, you know, if we needed a new priesthood, there would be a different system. He said, but we don't need a new priesthood. We have the original priesthood. That's the order, the priesthood of Melchizedek. And guess how the priesthood of Melchizedek was set in order with the tithe of Abraham. Why is it important? Why must it be taught? Why did I come to a very real place tonight that I didn't expect to come to? Because if we're not, if we don't teach it, they're never going to know that he said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I will rebuke the devourer. For your sake. You know that, that doesn't mean I've always got a pay, a pay increase. Like all the faith preachers have had to teach. But you know what it does mean? It can mean that your car didn't break down. And you didn't have to pay for it. It can mean that the milk lasted longer than the boy <laughs> you know they get about that age you can't buy enough milk I never liked that nasty stuff except to cook with and put it on my cereal <laughs> are, you, are we hearing me you said it we either trust him or we don't we either believe him or we don't in just a second yes yes you may in just a second and I've got all this because we're going to ask for the rain in just a minute because we have a generation that, that it's my focus have you not figured that out Scott I'm not worried about reaching you I love you. You're faithful. And, you, and you're a man of, of, of God. Steve, I'm not worried about reaching you. Chad. I'm not worried about reaching you. Matt, Mark, Grady, Bill, I'm not worried about reaching you. You know why? You've been reached. And you believe it. I'm worried about reaching them. And I'm talking to a generation of parents and grandparents that you don't need to be afraid to teach what the Bible says. You demonstrate it in your own life and your giving and your attendance and your faithfulness and all of those things. But we're not teaching our children. And if we don't teach them, they won't learn it. Sometimes I ought to be, even on the tithe and giving, sometimes I ought to be ashamed of myself because I don't talk about it much. For one thing, people are pretty faithful here. Another thing is is I hate what preachers have done to God's order and God's economy by being a bunch of pimps, prostituting the gospel. I hate it. And I made up my mind I would never beg on God's behalf. Because God don't need me to beg. He needs me to believe him and trust him. And I gotta tell you, he makes me sweat sometimes. When you when you're a week out and you're fifteen, twenty thousand dollars away from the commitment that you're a week out from, you say, God, I trust you, but You know what he does? He proves himself faithful again. Faithful again. I didn't beg for two hours, and didn't turn anybody upside down. Didn't call in any favors. Didn't shake anybody down. Didn't promise that if you gave a thousand, that God would pay your bills. I'm concerned. And the reason I'm concerned is the evidence. But we're going to ask for the rain.